Hello, I'm John Ellis, and welcome to episode 77 of Pitotry PS, the predominantly Dons-based podcast featuring not just the Dons first team, but a look across the age groups and genders at the club. And we focus on the respective progress of Cove and Peterhead too, as well as the Northeast local representatives in the Highland League and juniors. And not just football, but any sport making headlines in the Northeast of Scotland or featuring someone from the Northeast of Scotland. Joining me for this journey, as always, Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. So here we are recording this episode on the morning of Monday, April 10th, 2023, looking back at Aberdeen versus Kilmarnock and ahead to the away trip against Ross County on Friday evening. That and more to come. But first to last weekend, uh, as the new boss prepared to welcome the old one and the man who brought him to Pataudry as a player. Last time the Dons faced Kilmarnock at Pataudry, it was a 4-1 victory with two goals from Boya Mayowski, Duke and Anthony Stewart. Remember him? Then, of course... In this uh, roller coaster of a season, we managed to go to Rugby Park and lose 2 1 to Kilmarnock. Going into this one, Killy fighting for survival in the top flight and fresh off the back of a victory over Hearts. So, maybe not as straightforward as some fans were imagining it might be prior to kickoff. It finished 2 0 for the Dons. Your thoughts, Andrew? Ultimately, a good victory. Brilliant start. Incredible start. A goal in 16 seconds from Duke. Fastest goal I can ever recall seeing at Pataudry. Obviously, John Hewitt's one at Motherwell was quicker. Adam Rooney's semi-final goal at Hamden was quicker. But I can't recall a quicker one at Pataudry. So the ideal start for Aberdeen. But thereafter in the first half, you could have just said, right, let's just blow the half-time whistle because it was a war of attrition. Kilmarnock, obviously, very well organised, well drilled, um, difficult to break down. They'd come up to Aberdeen, I'm quite sure, looking to try and get a nothing each if they possibly could, but it kind of threw their game plan out the window conceding so early, but Derek being the shrewd character that he is, didn't think, right, oh well, we'll go gung-ho and try and get a goal back. Thought, right, okay, as long as you can get deep into the game only 1-0, a set piece we might manage to get something. The first half, really a bit of a non-event apart from that goal from Duke. A couple of saves from... Kelarus dimension uh, from Christian Deutsch and from I think it was Donnelly from a corner. Again, it was bits and pieces round the bottom of the box that fell for for Deutsch. It was a, a set piece delivery that gave um, Donnelly the chance, but two decent saves there. Second half opened up a little bit more. Aberdeen I think put the foot in the gas a wee bit more, played at a quicker tempo, got the second goal through Duke and. Thereafter, you thought, well, that, that's it, done and dusted. Kilmarnock didn't really offer very much up top after the second goal went in. It was nice to see Alfie Babbage get a run, and a decent length run, 20 minutes or so, but a really good, solid, all-round performance from Aberdeen. I think we both turned to each other before the corner that came into the box that Scott Robinson ultimately put into the net. Just keep the clean sheet. And then, of course, up comes the blue sign, VAR, checking for possible offside. And an absolute age it took them to work out that it was offside. Mm. But it was given offside. So another clean sheet, another three points, and then you hear the scores coming in from elsewhere. And a great day for Aberdeen. So all good, all good. Yeah, I glanced along at Derek after those first 16 seconds as Duke wheeled away from goal and headed for the right shed to celebrate it. And... Derek looked sort of ashen-faced, as I suspect. He thought, uh-oh, if we've considered this early, what's coming in the remaining 89 minutes? But it didn't quite pan out that way, Dave. No, it didn't. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was another victory. 
that we we got, and you know it takes all types of wins in a season to to make it a successful season. I messaged Andrew after the game and said, you know, why why don't the board actually point Barry long term now? And we've got a huge built rebuilding job to do. Surely we want to get as much time as possible to prepare for that with the management team in place. We know. It's taken us forward. I think that's the thing we're, we're grinding out wins where it's not been pretty necessarily, but it's something we were doing uh, for all of this season at all. Bear in mind, we did have the good home record in the early part of the season, but uh, it's uh, another great three points for the Dons, another great three points for Barry's case as well. Do you think um, Graham Shinney was a big miss, Andrew? I certainly thought his influence, his presence was sort of lacking as much as anything else. First half, yes, I think... Um because Graham dictates the tempo so much in the game. Everybody takes their lead off him and you know what he's like. He's non-stop. I thought a little bit pedestrian for periods in the first half and then Ilva Ramadani came into his own and I thought he was absolutely immense second half. Non-stop running. There was one time that he went charging off down the, the left-hand side, which was the near side to us um, in the second half. And he just ran the ball out of play. Now, it was quite late on in the game. He'd have been forgiven for thinking, oh, well, it's a throw-in. Get my breath back, jog back to the halfway line. Nope, turned around and absolutely raced back to the halfway line. You just thought, what a guy this is. What a character. You know, he's, he's Albanian. I'm sure he'd never heard of Aberdeen Football Club before his agent got in touch to say there's this team in Scotland. I don't know if you know where Scotland is, Ilber, but this team in Scotland wants to buy you. But he's embraced everything that um, Barry Robson wants in his team. You know, tempo, desire, passion, character, loves the fans. The fans love him. And I thought Ilber really drove the side on second half. So it didn't, it wasn't as noticeable with his performance that um, Graham was missing. I thought Ryan Duncan deserves a lot of credit. Um, it's his first 90 minutes at first team level. Not everything that he tried came off, but he never stopped running, um, never stopped trying. And he's a big physical specimen, Ryan Duncan. And he put himself about there in the middle of the park and uh, you know, probably had his best game in a, in a red shirt. It was an unusual role for him because normally he's, he's out wide, probably more often on the, on the right than on the left but equally comfortable on either side. But this time he was playing a much more central role, so I thought he deserved a lot of credit as well. But it was, again, another real team effort. There was nobody that... I mean, Duke, with his two goals, part, he gets the headlines, understandably so. But everybody was worthy of a seven and a half, eight out of ten, yeah. because they all worked their socks off. And that's what Barry's ethos is all about. It's all for one, one for all. Um, and, you know, the, it was just another big step in the right direction. And at the end of the game, when you came in and there was a heck of a lot of noise come out of that home dressing room, they're talking about, you know, old footballers suffering from dementia through heading footballs. Modern day footballers are all going to be suffering in 20 years time from tinnitus, the noise that comes out of the dressing rooms <laughs> and that absolutely woeful choice of music that more often than not they're playing. But it was so nice to see everybody with big smiles in their faces. Such a turnaround from 10 weeks ago when really, if anybody had said to you, you know, come 
you know, the 8th of April, full-time whistle goes, you're going to be third in the league. You're like, aye, that'll be right. Which league? Um, because we're, we're on a downward spiral. Yeah. But whatever they've done, all credit to them, Barry, Steve Agnew, Liam Fox, and now. But the players have embraced everything that he's, he's asked of them. And they look as though they're enjoying their football. And that is such a big, big thing. Confidence, yes, it's growing because of the results and the clean sheets. But everybody tapping into the messages that they're getting from uh, their manager now is all going very well. And plans are now in place for European football next year. You've got to do that. You know, operationally at the club, they've started already planning for, for next season with European football. And I'm sure, I mean, Dave was saying, give Barry the job now because there's this big rebuilding job to be to be done. An awful lot of work will be going on in behind the scenes and the recruitment side of things to ensure that we've got an even bigger squad than we've got just now. Because if you're going to be playing group stage European football, which we all hope we will be, you're going to need an awful lot of players to cover the demands that are put on your squad by this constant travelling two games a week scenario that we really hope is going to unfold for Aberdeen next season. Mm. Oh, just on Ryan Duncan, I, I turned to you and said at one point, it, it's almost a shame because Ryan, as you said, he, he's a big specimen. Um, he, he's got the stature that means that he can reach with his legs to get balls that he really has absolutely, um, you know, no chance of getting. Uh, he can just sort of turn a leg around the corner almost and, and get a toe to it. The problem is, is his foot his feet are that big that every time he does get a touch of it, it goes running off again. And it's just, it's not a lack of control. It's just the sheer size of him. But yeah, I was impressed by him. Uh, on Ilbo Ramadani, um, never, never having heard of, of Aberdeen before he came, he probably looked at it, Andrew, and weighed it up and saw the contract offer and it came from a postcode saying, a, B, and he thought, well, mine is A, L, B, it can't be that far away. But there, there was that air of expectancy when, when Alfie Bavage got introduced to the game, Dave. I, I don't know if he feels it at all, but you can sense it around the ground. On the previous occasion he appeared, I don't think he even got a touch. This time out, he almost scored with maybe a second or third touch. He did all right, didn't he? He did, and I think, uh, well, one, one thing, he's certainly not short of confidence, as Andrew's well aware. He did show exactly why everyone at the club has such high hopes Obviously, he comes for foot for Alfie. He comes from a very well known northeast uh, footballing family, and you no, know, he looked he looked good, and uh, he was well worthy of his. It would have been absolutely brilliant fairy tale stuff if he managed to get uh, the goal. But uh, no, he did, he did himself proud, and uh, he's one that we'll be certainly keeping an eye on. And uh, you know, all the the glowing tributes that Andrew has paid. To him over the course of the season that you know were, were well justified by his uh, proper introduction on Saturday, mm, and uh, as Andrew said about the, the noise coming out of the dressing room, we are sort of privileged, Andrew and I, to have a, a slightly closer view than uh, many of the other podcasts. I suppose I noticed as I was walking behind him, Alfie Babbage along the track after the game. He's busy singing the kids in the stand. No, I, I'm sorry, I'm not giving this top away. I'm hanging on to it. Next up, the, the type of fixture which uh, always fills me with a slight dread because you're expected to win it, but also because we've travelled across the Keswick Bridge before now and seemingly lost our minds in advance of a kickoff against Ross County. And add to that, um, they will be furiously fighting for survival themselves. Uh, they're coming off the back of a, a great result as well. So how's it going to go when Ross County hosts the Dons? Ross County versus Aberdeen, Dave? Yeah, it's not going to be easy. We know from the corresponding game earlier in the season two teams with confidence 
you know, it was a good win down at say, Perth for, for Malky Mackay's uh, side at the weekend. But the Dons are on five wins in a row for the first time for quite a few years. So looking to make it six. And I think they'll, they'll manage with uh, two one. I'm going to go. Andrew, I think the Dons will win again because as Dave said, you know, five wins in a row. County are still a little bit up and down. They played well enough against Celtic but didn't get a result. Probably didn't play as well against St. Johnson but did get the result. But I noticed Malky Mackay was saying uh, he's got a long injury list. Um, Eamon Brophy obviously went off but Simon Murray came on and scored a great goal. So it um, doesn't seriously weaken his forward line but he's got others who are struggling with injuries. Um, so I think the Dons have shown this ability um, in the last few weeks that even when they're in adverse situations, they can fight their way out of it. Not always in a pretty style, but they get the result and they get the job done. So I'm going to go for another narrow 1-0 victory for Aberdeen on the road. Yeah, I'm going to say two. I don't know why. You, I mean, every, every time you go, you guys go like completely over the top. I, I ring it in and every time you go quite conservatively, I go way over the top. Just, just for the hell of it. Uh, I'll say 2-0. Um, let's move on to the under-18s next. Back in the saddle last weekend with the first of two games against Simran, uh, ending in a 5-1 away victory. The Simran lads must have been looking forward to their next dental trip more readily than the return fixture at Cormac Park on Friday afternoon. That one ended 7-0 for the Dons. Take us through, Andrew. Yes, uh, you're absolutely right. Simran must be sick and tired of, of seeing Aberdeen. They've now played them four times this season. 25 goals conceded. Wow. Uh, it was 9-0 last time at Cormac Park. It really should have been 9 again this time because Brendan Hamilton missed a penalty and Cammy Wilson missed a, a really good chance right at the death of that game. 7-0 it finished. Alfie Bavage only playing in the first half. Two goals, hence why there wasn't another hat-trick ball to add to his now first-team shirts collection. Blair McKenzie scored. Uh, Liam Harvey. Delighted to see Liam getting on in the score, score sheet because Baz has been scoring goals all over the place for fun. But Liam's been doing an awful lot of good work um, setting up goals but not getting the plaudits that probably his play deserved. So he got one. Timmy Fedona scored a very good goal. Finlay Marshall and then young Lewis Perry just um, finished it all off for the the seventh goal. So another good good win for the Dons, which now takes them five points clear of Celtic at the top of the table because Celtic lost to Hearts in midweek. Hamilton are, are the side that Aberdeen have got to keep an eye on in the rearview mirror. They've played three games fewer than Aberdeen, but they're only seven points behind. So if they were to win all three games in hand, they could potentially go to the top. But they've got some difficult fixtures coming up, including a trip up to Cormac Park in a couple of weeks' time. So next up for the Young Dons, two games this week, a trip down to Dundee to play Dundee United on Tuesday and then uh, to Orium on Friday to play against Hearts. Then the following week, it's Rangers away and then this big clash against Hamilton. So a big couple of weeks coming up for the under-18s, but um, they were absolutely rel relentless against a, a young and experienced mother, uh, St Mirren side on Friday. And I think they've got to give a bit of credit to the, the St Mirren youngsters. They were absolutely battered football-wise, but at no time did they resort to anything underhand. Um, you have seen in the past where sides have been outclassed in terms of skill and technique, and they just think, right, I'm going to leave a bit on my opponent here, so he's going to remember me for all the wrong reasons. Uh, but to be fair to St Mirren, they, they never resorted to that. They will come 
good next season, I'm sure. It was a bit like Aberdeen last season. We talked up so many times about you're playing against boys who are bigger, older, more experienced. That was the case with St Mirren against us this season. So if they can keep that same group of players together, keep their heads up, they'll be a stronger side next term. But another great win for the young Dons. Aberdeen women fighting their own battle against relegation. Their uh, journey post-split started with a 3-1 victory over Glasgow women, but then stalled again as they lost 2-1 to Spartans, having scored in the first minute. Their next game is this Sunday against Hamilton. Cove Rangers, well, the most concerning thing, not just their run of losses, but the manner in which they're losing those games. Last time it was a 5-0 home thrashing from Partick. Cove now staring the very real prospect of being relegated in their centenary year. Are both have managed to build up a healthy gap between themselves and the bottom two, Cove and Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton had two games in hand over Cove at the start of last week. One of those was against Wraith Rovers on Tuesday, which they won 2-1, rooting Cove to the foot of the table, two points behind Hamilton having played a game more. It made their trip to Hamilton on Saturday absolutely do or die. That one ended... 1-1, and I suppose it wasn't quite do or die, Dave, it was maybe do, die or draw. They've kicked the can down the road a bit, haven't they? Yeah, it was one that they really, I mean, took lead through Louis Longridge in the second half and looked as though we were going to get the win that we were so desperate for, but uh, fair play to Hamilton, they never gave up. And it sounds from all accounts, it was two teams that were very nervous playing each other, two teams who knew that they're in trouble at the wrong end of the league. But uh, yeah, it's... Still not looking great at all because we're going to be running out of games soon. But when it's still, you know, just the, the two points in it, albeit Hamilton have still got that game in hand, but they've lost more games than they've won this season. So, you know, getting a victory starting this Saturday is still absolutely crucial. Um, and hopefully, the fact that they've cut out the, the run of losses, that will have given their confidence a wee boost. And certainly, listen to Paul Hartley after the game. He, he didn't sound as despondent as I thought he might. You know, he's still talking about them. He was praising their attitude, praising the way they went about things. So hopefully we've seen a slight turning of the corner. Yeah, I mean, I suppose not just, um, you know, averting a loss, but actually taking the, the goal tally down to, to just the one is is a, a move in the right direction. Um, next time at Cove, we're at home to Inverness, Caledonian Thistle. They'll go into that one knowing what Hamilton's score was the night before away to Queen's Park. As we said last week, if Cove are returning to League One, well, Peter Head seem equally determined to avoid the prospect of a local derby by getting relegated themselves. Club captain Ryan Strachan, along with Jordan Brown, assuming the role of joint caretaker managers for now, played to loss to, uh, even though judging by the score lines alone, it looks a bit like Peter Head are sort of being more competitive in matches. They're, they're not managing to land the points which could help them secure a playoff to perhaps stay up. This weekend didn't offer much hope in advance as they prepared to meet FC Edinburgh at Balmour, but that one finished 1-0 for Peter Head. Clyde, meanwhile, travelling to uh, Kelty Hearts, already four points above Peter Head and hoping to widen the gap further. It ended Kelty nil, Clyde nil. So that gap back down to two, Andrew. It's something to try and build upon, at least. It does. There's a, there's a wee bit of hope there um, as uh, Riemer Josh Orianson's early goal and keeping a very, very rare clean sheet gave Peter Head the unlikeliest of wins on Saturday. But it was unfortunate that Clyde managed to get that point at Kelty, although it now puts it back in the melting pot once again. And Peter Head have got their game in hand against Dunfermline midweek, but with Dunfermline flying at the top of the table, I don't really think that that is a 
a realistic chance of three points for the Blue Toon. Having said that, I didn't think FC Edinburgh were going to lose up in Balmour, so anything's possible. But uh, if it stays the way it is and Peterhead continue to match Clyde's results or just get something slightly better, it's set up for this huge showdown at Balmour on the 22nd of April. That date, of course, when Bucky Thistle play uh, Brecon City in the Highland League, so... <laughs> At least we forget. North football fans are going to have a, a real problem, you know. Which dilemma. Would you? Uh, the dilemma of all dilemmas, yeah. Good on Peterhead. You know, it would have been very easy just to go, you know what, boys, let's write this season off. Let's just jolly through to our holidays and then we'll go again next year. Those of us that might still be here. They showed a bit of heart, showed that there's still life there. And as they say, you know, where there's life, there's hope. So... Anything's possible, but um, it's nice that it's actually set this game up uh, against Clyde that it could be winner takes all in the yeah. tiny little mini league that we've yeah. been talking about. Yeah. Since about October, I think, the gap between Kelty and Clyde has been so big uh, and it's it's getting that way in, in the championship as well. It's Hamilton against Cove to see who yeah. relegated yeah. goes in the playoffs. So it, it's strange how the, the, there's that sort of correlation between the two leagues. Absolutely. Um, at next weekend, as you say, Peter Head are away to Montrose. Before that, though, they've got their game in hand against league leaders Dunfermline on Tuesday night. Edinburgh, unlikely. Dunfermline, unlikelier. Uh, also on Saturday, Clyde meet Edinburgh. Uh, on to the Highland League now, with games happening midweek as well as at the weekend currently. First, the results from midweek. Brecon City, nil. Brora Rangers, nil. That's an important one. Clack, one. Fraserborough, one. Keith, two. Wick Academy, nil. Then on Saturday, Brewer Rangers 2 for Martin United 1, Keith 1, Huntley 1, Nine County 1, Clack 0, Rothis 1, Devonvale 1, Strathspey Thistle 0, Bucky Thistle 2, Tunnel United 0, Wick Academy 3. All that means the table is now like this. Bucky are top on 84. Brechin are second on 77 points with two games in the hand, but because of those midweek draws... Uh, the last couple of midweeks to Brora and Fraserborough for the first time this season, even if Brecon were to win those two games in hand, assuming Bucky keep winning as well, that final game of the season between the two will be a title decider and Bucky would go into it only needing a draw. Uh, worth noting as well, uh, Andrew, I suppose that um, when Brecon go into this midweek game, they're up against Fraserborough again, who they drew 2 0 uh, with just a couple of weeks back. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's good to see that um, it is so tight there at the top because it, it did look for a spell as though Brecon were going to run away with things. But um, all credit to Bucky, they've stuck in there and they've been given a helping hand by Brora and Fraser Brub. But it's, it, it shows that there's there's quality there at the top of that Highland League uh, because Brecon um, have been getting big crowds. They've got lots of... They're a senior club in all but name, Brecon City. They always have been. I think they thought probably two, three months ago, well, we're going to just stroll through this so and get ourselves back out yeah. of it. Yeah, but it hasn't turned out that way. So everything on the line as we go into the last few weeks of the season, which is brilliant. Yeah, in the juniors, Dave. Well, also, better give Faye Banks a mention for their fantastic Highland Cup. Sorry, yes. Victory against Locos at uh, Bells League. On Saturday, Magnus Watson getting the only goal of the game. And given that their first season in the Highland League, after moving up from the juniors, they had the 24-point debacle reduction for fielding ineligible players. What a fantastic achievement for to, to lift that at the first time asking. So, well done to them. 
Absolutely. In the results on Saturday in the Premier League, Bridget on Thistle 4, Montrose Rosalie 0, Dufftown 0, Hermes 5, Dice 0, Stonehaven 0, East End 5, Bankery St. Terran 0, and that means Bankery will be playing in the Championship next season, Ellen United 0, Cooter 4, Estonian Park Vale 4, Colony Park 1. In the Championships, top of the table clash, it finished Fraser United 0, Sunnybank 3, and that's Sunnybank now 7 points clear at the top. And another result, pick out was the McClement Cup quarterfinal tie, finished mod three, near St. Marian one. Or a full midweek card this week, tomorrow night in the Premier League. Colney Park against East End, Ellen United versus Hermes, Stonehaven against Bridget on Thistle, Stone Parkville against Dice in the Championship, Aver Uni against Banks of D, Forest Thistle against Lostmouth United, Lentarage, home to Newark United, Longside versus Fraser United, New Elgin against Isleville. And the game of the evening in the Championship, Rossi Rovers at home to Sunnybank. All of those kick off at 6.30. And then on Wednesday, there's one Premier League tie down at Lynx Park in Montrose. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff for the Premier League tie between Montrose, Rosalie and League leader Scooter. And that is pretty much it for episode 77 of Pitotry PS. We aim to publish every week on a Tuesday if we can. This week, are you getting on a Monday? Because we're tooting you. Uh, in any event, we'll always be looking back to the Don's previous fixtures and ahead to the next. Please remember to follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate and review us, tell us what you think of the show too. We'd be very grateful. Thanks for checking out Pitotry PS. We'll see you next time.